Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Number My Day for Men podcast, where we discuss all things man and God. I'm your host, DC. Join us in the fight for manhood God's way. Please welcome today's guest, Johnny Young. Johnny is a husband, father of six plus one on the way, and he has come here to share his story with us. How are you doing today, Johnny? I'm doing great. Thank you. So tell us a little more about yourself. Um, a little more about me. Um, wow. Where do I start? <laughs> so let's see. Um, I like, I'm actually, I'm born and raised in California. Okay. So I'm a native uh-huh. to this place. Love you here. Married, like you said, and dad to six wonderful kids, <laughs> uh, one on the way, and uh, just love my family. And uh, what else about me? Um, into things like art, love art and collectibles, graphic design. I've always been attracted to those things and uh, photography. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so this is uh, pretty cool. I like this. Um, this. Uh, media setup that you got going here and and what it's all for nice nice so why did you decide to come and share your story with us today Uh, there's a few reasons i think the main reason well one of the main reasons i'll say first is that i i believe that my story just like all christian men's story is is important to share with others for encouragement, for uh, strengthening and just iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. but mainly it's for God's glory. So that's that's number one. And then number two would be because it's important that um, I, I believe it would benefit other men and women if they happen to hear, All right. you know? So I'm gonna give you the floor. Um, so just, just starting off, just want to share like, my testimony. So growing up for me, um, here in California, where I said I grew up, when I was around 10, I want to say, I was introduced to sexual behavior. I was, I mean, it was a young age. I was in a situation where I was in a broken home. So I didn't have the structure of a family. It was just, when, when I say broken, I really mean like spending a night at grandma's house a lot or at a cousin's house or Mm -hmm. so I didn't have that hedge of family protection that clearly God has put in place with the mother and the father right I see the importance of it now but I didn't have it then Mm -hmm. not to blame anything on that I'm just throwing that out there because I believe it played a part in it Mm -hmm. Um, me being exposed to sexual things at an early age 10 years old, 11 years old, around that age or so, I was molested by cousins. It was, it was kids, quote unquote, being kids, but it was also older kids taking advantage of the younger kids. I was a very naive kid. Like I was just a kid. (laughs) I mean, I was pretty innocent. And I look at my kids now and I'm like, wow, what a what a responsibility that I have to protect them even at this age from 
would be predators, even though those predators may not be adults. They could be older kids that may have been exposed to something in their households or in their current situation. So anyway, I was exposed sexually. I was so naive. I was made to believe that I was the one that would get in trouble if it ever came out. Not only was I being sexually molested and introduced to these sexual ideas early, I was also being introduced to this idea of secrecy, keeping all of this hidden. So all of this sin was festering in myself. I found in it some enjoyment at the time. Then it was a lot of discomfort. But I also was afraid to say anything because if I said anything, I would be in trouble. Fast forward a few years, this had been going on just because, you know, I'd just broken home and being at different places, being exposed to different people and situations where things could happen, like spending a night. So fast forward to like five years from there, 15 years old, those those things had happened. And since they were secret and never dealt with, now I'm in a new situation where I'm being introduced to porn, mm-hmm. being introduced to Playboy magazines at my babysitter's house in the garage, being introduced to um, more sexual things. Since I already had this hardened heart and this this level of secrecy that I was able to keep, all those things are just adding fire to the flame home is still broken. So I'm starting to enjoy some of those things. I'm I'm finding some kind of satisfaction in those things. Mm-hmm. Just kind of fast forward from there. I mean, I mean, we're talking about junior high, high school at this point. I'm uh, experiencing more sexual things where now there's some, some homosexual ideas that had been planted. They've been planted early on But now they're starting to come about and I'm starting to explore and discover and be uh, curious and I'm exploring these things. And at the same time, it's all secret. So there's no way to deal with it. No no one's dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it. I'm just holding on to it. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I had been having these tendencies for and and tendencies of uh like same sex attraction is what we call it now but just being attracted Mm -hmm. to men and when i look back i think about it as like wow what i was really attracted to was i really wanted a dad i missed that i didn't have a man to show me love so there was this weird thing happening it's very common when dads are not present, that kids, they gravitate towards boys and girls. They're just gravitating towards men. So for me, this is how it got all skewed, where I was gravitating toward the attention of men, but it became more of a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. And all that, I mean, that's just how sin works. Like It'll just take you further than you ever wanted to go. That's what happened. I can honestly say in my heart, I knew it was wrong. That's why it was a secret. Yeah. It was wrong. 
That's why I didn't talk about it. That's why no one knew. That's why it was hidden because it was wrong. And thank God that I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Because eventually that began to to really be become heavy on me. So just fast forward, you know, in my life, I youngster, uh, middle school, and then junior high, and then uh, high school, and I'm dealing with all these homosexual things, lusting, and uh, so then I, I I got to the point where I was gonna just step out, and the sin had grew so much. There was nothing combating it just because I was just walking in full rebellion of what I knew was right. Mm-hmm. I, I I just knew I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong um, for me to lust after men and for me to have those to act on those thoughts. And even the thoughts were I knew they were wrong, but I, I eventually was given over to it. I just gave in. And started living the homosexual life, if you will. And so what that looked like, what did that look like? I was in relationships, if you want to call them relationships, like, you know, from 18 all the way up to about 20, I want to say it was like 2000, 2005, because that's Mm -hmm. when I got saved. Mm. So for 17 years, I was in that bondage, if you will where I didn't have an escape. I'll tell you that deep in my heart, I knew it was wrong, but at the same time, I just still pursued it because I did find some satisfaction in it, but the satisfaction was always fleeting. It, it came, but then it, it went away and then it came again and it went away. So I had to keep trying to find this satisfaction that I was looking for. Right. I didn't know at the time when I was in it because you can't see the trees. You can't see the forest for the trees or however that saying goes. Like I was (laughs) in the forest. I couldn't see anything. I was, you know, I could see what was going on. But in hindsight, I see, wow, I was really searching for love. Yeah. I was searching for love. That's why the family is so important. I'll just keep throwing that in there. (laughs) I was searching for love in all the wrong places. This uh, satisfaction, it came and then it went. And then, I mean, I chased it. You know, I chased it from here to New York, to Mm -hmm. Atlanta, to Miami, to Detroit. And then God brought me back here. I mean, and it was a whirlwind of things. I mean, I put myself in so much danger. But it just shows the power of God. If if he has a calling on your life, then... He's going to see you through all of that. Oh, yeah. I'm just amazed that I'm not dead, that I don't have disease. Mm -hmm. Because I set myself up for all those things. I share with um, some people before, too. I've shared this many times that I even had, I diagnosed myself with HIV. Wow. Because I felt like I had done everything I could to get it. I put myself in those situations where my health was compromised. So I, I, had, I had started to believe the lie that I had it. So then I started to live even more recklessly. Wow. And just sharing, you know, like, wow, 
I mean, what a, a a crazy series of events that happens to someone to think that, you know, I would consider myself as the lowest of, of the low, if you will. I mean, I, I was I was out there. So the really good part is I became broken. I had everything I wanted. I had it all. That's how it happens, isn't it? I had it all. We have it all. <laughs> I had everything that I had ever wanted. Uh-huh. Every type of person that I wanted to be with, I had it. Every relationship that I wanted, I had it. Every place I wanted to travel, I had it. Everything that I wanted someone to buy for me, I had it. I had it. I I didn't want for anything and I still wasn't satisfied. That's when God started to really show me. Well, I'll just say that that's when my eyes were really starting to become open, but I didn't even know that they were opening. So I found myself really depressed after all these events that happened because I still wasn't satisfied. I still felt empty. Like I still didn't feel like I had purpose. And and I knew this whole lifestyle was wrong. And then I started to admit and I started to look like, wow, the Lord started to show me this doesn't even make sense. Relationships don't last. They're not meant to last. They're they're more sexual than anything. Mm-hmm. And I started to think that way and really understand what I was thinking and really take it to heart. I didn't know that I was doing that. It was really God just doing that in my life. I didn't know. So I found myself really broken. Had I, I, I had kind of like had enough of the club scene of the drinking, of the drugs that came with the lifestyle, of the fights and the arguments. I kind of just had enough of it. I was kind of fed up, kind of, because I found myself distanced from everyone that was in my life. And at the same time, I'll throw this in there too, I was distant from my family. I was distant from my family because I had chose to be because of my lifestyle. Right. Because, I mean, I have some prayer warriors in my family who would tell me the truth. Like my grandma, she she would tell me that's satanic. She would just tell me straight up and I didn't want to hear it. So I distanced myself from my family and then I, fo- I found myself all alone hmm. at this point. And this was God doing something really special in my life because it was during this time when I was all alone. I mean, seriously, how it worked for me when I got saved when Christ came to me and I had an encounter with God was when I was, I was in my apartment. I lived downtown LA and then I decided to walk to someone's house who lived in like little Tokyo. And I didn't necessarily want to be around this person, but I was lonely. So I was still kind of like on the fence. I, I just felt like I needed to be around some people, but I didn't really want to be around them. Thanks be to God, when I walked all the way over there, it wasn't there. No one was there. So after that, I decided to take this scenic route home. I'll never forget it. It was a walk. Mm-hmm. And then I saw someone that I knew, this lady. She was talking to another lady that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the lady that I didn't know, I walked up to the lady that I knew, said hi. 
the lady that I didn't know, she just started preaching the gospel to me. Where my heart was at the time, broken, Mm -hmm. lonely, Mm -hmm. kind of fed up, needing some answers, is right where the Lord wanted me. Oh, yeah. I was like, ready. I didn't know I was ready. (laughs) All I knew was, oh, boy, wasn't at home. So I was walking back home. Had he been home, I don't know if I would have met this lady that day. But I'm thankful that I did because when she preached the gospel to me, and what she did was, it was very simple. She told me I need to repent. I had never seen this woman in my life. (laughs) She was like, you need to repent. God has a calling on your life. And you need to repent. You need to repent and you need to accept what Jesus did for you. He died for you and he loves you. And it hit me. That's the love I've been missing. I hadn't I hadn't considered that. I had heard it before. But I had never considered that that was the missing piece to this love puzzle that I've been searching for. So when when she said it, the Lord just opened my eyes and I was like, yes, you're right. Mm. You're so right. The rest has been history. From that day on, I remember going back to my house, my apartment. I walked all the way back. I opened the door. And I just fell on my knees and I just gave my life to the Lord. I said, I'm yours. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's go. This is it. This is it. And I remember I still was prideful because I didn't want to do it in front of her. I went all the way home and I did it as soon as I was in the comfort of my own apartment. I will never forget that. I just opened the door and I remember just falling on my knees and I was, but that encounter, like God used this woman, the stranger on the streets of downtown LA Mm -hmm. to preach the gospel to me that day because he loves me. And he wanted me to know. And I went through all that. I mean, I went through a lot. I went moved to New York when I was 18. Hmm. I got on a plane. I didn't even know who was picking me up. I just knew somebody was picking me up. And then I did all that and came back to L.A. And that's where God met me on the street. That was That was how it happened for me. And then God just started to do some radical things in my life. This woman, she stayed in my life. She was really, truly a, a, a gift from the Lord. She was she was sent here. I'm sure she may have impacted other people, but I know that I know that the Lord sent her to impact me. My goodness. You know God sent her. Yes. At the right time, at the right moment. The right time, at the right moment. I mean, because I was going through a lot, like I said before, so I didn't have anyone around me. I was... I was broken and I was done with everything. I just didn't know how to be done with it. So I didn't have these people giving me money anymore to pay my rent or anything because it was in that lifestyle. It was like a trade sex for time and money and affection kind of thing. It was unspoken, but that's kind of how it was. So I didn't have any of that. So yeah, the Lord used her to come in and just, I told her my situation. We stayed in contact. And she helped disciple me. (laughs) I didn't know it was called discipling. (laughs) All I knew was this woman who was like my grandmother's age Mm -hmm. 
was on fire for God. Wow. And she was the real deal. Faithful. It was like she was a mystery woman. Her name was Monica. She was Jamaican. I'll never forget her. She ended up, uh, I told her my situation. I had a one bedroom studio that had like a little semi, well, it was a one bedroom, but mm-hmm. I used the the studio and I never used the room because mm-hmm. it wasn't really a room. It didn't have a closet, but it was like a room. Mm-hmm. She moves in. <laughs> I told her my situation, like, I don't have money. I might get evicted. But she knew that I had just given my life to Jesus. So she moves in, she pays the rent. The Lord uses her to help me keep that place. During that time, it was more than that. It wasn't her really helping me keep the place. It was the Lord put somebody next to me. Yes. Because I have been through a lot. So I kind of needed someone right there 24-7. I didn't have family around me. So he put this woman in my place. And she made sure that I read the Bible daily. She just really helped me pick up some good habits and keep me accountable. There was some accountability there. Mm -hmm. Um, She was like a mother to me, like a grandmother, like a sister. She was everything. She was like all of those things to me that, and it was just, I mean, complete stranger, complete stranger. Yeah, I'll never forget, man. She just came in. She made me read Deuteronomy 28, like every day the blessings and the curses. And I I just, she just, and what that did was that just helped me get more used to reading the Bible daily. That's what it, that's what it did. It also helped me memorize the blessings and the curses. So she comes in and and she helps out. And then she, she also taught me how to make food. She taught me how to make, like how to eat and be frugal (laughs) with money Uh for eating. (laughs) I mean, because I had the apartment, I had a little kitchen and everything, but the the old me, it was a lot of clubbing and mm. <laughs> hardly eating. It wasn't mm. like, you know, keeping food in a refrigerator or anything like that. Like I had all those things, refrigerator and stove, but I didn't really use them. So she came in and she helped me. I remember she like took me to the market and showed me, oh, you could buy a cabbage for this much and one of these rotisserie chickens that's already done. And you can eat on that for a few days and you can just cook the cabbage up with some onions. And she taught me how to, you know, get well and stop eating fast food and kind of do some things on my own. And it was like this hyper training that I was going through. It was like really quick. And the Lord was just using her. It was amazing. So you thank God for his people. Yes. Thank God. And she had told me like how she... um had come from New York and she had sold everything to come out here to preach the gospel because she was led to come. Jeez. So yeah, that's, that's a, a, a bit of, of, of my testimony in a nutshell. Fast forward from that, when she moved out, eventually I had just gotten a job, just gotten a job. And that's the job where I met my wife. <laughs> Yeah. So I got this job and I was there for 10 years and that's where I met my wife. And uh, me and my wife were married. Then we just, we have one year, no kids. And then we've we've pretty much had a kid almost, well, every year for the most part. (laughs) So I'm married now 11 years 
and uh, we're on our seventh kid. We're wow. on our seventh child. You know how ironic this is, right? Like, like, like how God works that He took you from a life of homosexuality to now being married and have six kids with one on the way. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. When I think about it, I'm just like, I'm blown away. And I'm trying to tell people how radical God is. Not radical in the sense of like gnarly, dude, but like yes, radical. What he can do. What like, he can bring us out of. Yeah. Like completely changing the whole landscape of your life. I would have never, never thought that this is where I would be. And I know that my wife is a gift from the Lord. She's a, our marriage is a godly marriage. The way we met, you just saw God's hand in it. You just, I see it. I just see how he brought us together, how everything worked out between us and everything. It was like, it. it's, it's, I don't really have words because it's indescribable. <laughs> it really is. It's it's not. It's really not from this world how this all works. It is a mystery. Like it's crazy. So I've shared with people, you know, about like my past and I'm just mm-hmm. like especially people that I've known before, you know, and uh Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those conversations go well, sometimes and sometimes they don't. And I, and I understand a lot of people say, well, you know, I was born this way. And, and I know everybody's story is not the same. I'm, I'm telling you my story. This is what I believe that whoever may be struggling with same-sex attraction or homosexuality, I really think that they know deep down inside that it's not right. Because I did. And that's just 100% real. Like, I still did it. Mm. I still reaped the benefits, quote unquote. But I knew that it was wrong. And that's because God puts it in our heart. We know we have the moral law written on our hearts. We know when something's right and when something's wrong. But I would say that our culture nowadays is really trying to desensitize it even more each day. It's like that frog in the pot. Yes. That doesn't know that it's about to die because the, the flame is so low. So, I mean, people could be set free. And I've, I've had the, the joy of talking to a young man recently who actually was like, I don't like it anymore. And I was like, I remember I was just like you. I didn't like it anymore because I knew it was wrong. And it didn't satisfy me. And then I say, well, look at my life. If I would have just ignored that or fought against what God was doing, really, because it wasn't me, but fought against what God was doing, then I wouldn't have been able to see on this side, like what he's done, like he, new life has come. Mm -hmm. Who knows what my kids will do, what my kids will be when they grow up and how they will impact the world. But that would have never happened if you're in this lifestyle that there's there's really no way that, you know, children can can come from it. I mean, it's I just think about that like, man, like when me and my wife, we talk about it all the time. Like, wow, we just think about like God's hand in in this story. And this is just a snippet, like his hand, because he sees the big picture, but his hand is like, I'm like, whoa. 
And we look at our kids and we're like, wow. And this is not to glorify our kids or anything. It's just to give God the glory of because of what he's done and what he's ordained. Yes. He ordained family. Yes. He ordained man, woman, and children. He ordained marriage. As difficult as those things and as challenging as those things may be, being married, having children, oh, it's not always peaches and cream. But that's where he gets the glory because through it, we're trusting him with it. And people are always like, oh my gosh, you got six kids. Are you going to stop? No. (laughs) We have one on the way. I mean, because we're just letting God plan our family. You have to talk to him about that because we have no right over. (laughs) We have no way to give life. Like God does that. God does it. He opens the womb and he closes the womb. He does. Yes, it may be challenging. It may be expensive, but God will provide. He will make a way. It might not happen to the last second, but that's where our trust comes in. And that's what he's been teaching me a lot. So, yeah. Can you pray for us? Father, we just, um, we're just so thankful that you allow us to, um, to speak and talk about what you've done in our lives. Lord, your grace is so amazing. Just as we just think about our own lives and what you've done in our lives. It's humbling and it's exciting because it reminds us of what we have to look forward to. We thank you for your promises and just thank you for this time of, uh, exalting you through this podcast and just pray for the men that will hear it, that you would um, just open up the eyes of their hearts, Lord, and anyone that may be struggling with any sin, whether it be same-sex attraction or lust or covetousness, anything, Lord, any of those things that hinder our relationship with you and hinder our growth as Christian men, I pray, Lord, that you would just break those chains, that you would just send hope, encouragement to those who need it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at info at numbermyday.com. And please visit us at numbermyday.com slash men to find out what we're all about and to join us in the fight for manhood God's way.